Welcome to our podcast, the first of a series that's going to deal with sanctions and related market conduct and financial crime issues here at NRF. Um, We wanted today to actually come at it in a slightly different way, to not talk about the obvious issues on the sanctions, but talk about market conduct concerns. And uh, my colleague, Hany Sadr, is going to talk about um, the financial crime bill he heads our risk consulting team here in EMEA, uh, and I'm Jonathan Herbs, the head of the financial services team. So I just wanted to very briefly touch on a couple of market conduct issues that perhaps haven't had the attention in the last week or so that they might have done. Uh, everyone's very well aware that um, commodity prices are extremely volatile and have gone up considerably, oil and other energy products. So really just for the financial services regulated community, but also with broader implication, what are the things you should be thinking about? And the way we've been approaching this is just to step back slightly and think back two years to, and it's hard to believe this, when oil was, you know, had a minus price, what were some of the issues that we saw coming out in terms of FCA and other regulatory investigations? And what were some of the things that firms need to watch? And I just pick out a few themes here. The first is, thinking about the price impact of your traders. Whether you're regulated or unregulated, you'll be subject to the market abuse regulation uh, or remit depending what the products are. You need to think about the impact of your traders trading on the market. That of course ties into watching for any kind of unusual trading patterns, very obvious, but extremely important amongst all the welter of focus on sanctions, not to lose sight of that issue. Thirdly, thinking you know, holistically about the possible types of market abuse that you might either see from counterparties or that you could be subject to in your own organizations. And, and one important point here, of course, is not just confining yourself to the conventional Mar Annex activities, but thinking holistically about what is going to be the pressure point in the context of major changes in prices. Um, fourthly, I'd like to just touch on a very brief and obvious point around adequacy of your management information, making sure that your various levels of committees, and senior managers are getting uh, adequate information. I think for end user companies that are subject to the regulations, but not necessarily regulated, that is often not as culturally embedded as it is with regulated entities, so that's important. And then sort of tying into that, just three further things to, to flag. Number one, Store reporting, very old subject, but extremely important in the current environment. I mean, if you think back two years, one of the things the exchanges and the FCA were very hot on was the extensive reporting, both in relation to exchange traded products, but also stores. You know, were people doing it adequately? Uh, Were they having proper governance around that? Who also makes those calls? The whole question of the role of the MLRO versus senior management within the firm, that needs to be thought about. Second, the last there I just want to touch on is investigation protocols. I mean, if you do have an issue, making sure in advance you've done your fire drill on you know, how will investigations be run, how will you maintain privilege, all those things. And finally, training, training for the desks. And my sort of macro theme, just to finish this section, really is, is, is a, a very simple message, which is, you know, amidst the welter of focus on the very fast moving issues on sanctions, yeah, I think it's really important we don't, as an industry, lose sight of 
the fundamentals of market conduct. If you think about what's likely to happen, people will try and take opportunities, legitimate opportunities to profit. But the distinction between that and illegitimate behavior under the regulations is often complex. And so I think it's really important to have your systems and controls and documentation in place and to have that fire drill now before you're faced with an investigation or worse. So that would be a sort of macro message. That's probably enough on market conduct for this. Hanny, maybe over to you to talk about some of the big financial crime issues on the bill. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, so I just wanted to quickly cover the um, recent draft Economic Crime Transparency and Enforcement Bill uh, 2022. Um, and this was published along with a fact sheet regarding the register of overseas entities. Um, this is a significant bill, which has received a lot of uh, attention in the past few weeks. Now, what you'll know is there's three key objectives um, around its purpose. Firstly, to prevent and combat the use of land in the UK for money laundering purposes. And it does this by increasing the transparency of beneficial ownership, information relating to the overseas entities that own land in the UK. The bill will effectively create a register of beneficial owners held by companies house and available for anyone to see. Secondly, reform the UK's um, unexplained wealth order regime, UWO. Now this will enable law enforcement to investigate and demand further information on the origin of property and indeed recover proceeds of crime. Thirdly, to amend financial sanctions legislation, including the monetary penalty legal test and information sharing powers uh, to help deter and prevent breaches of financial sanctions. Now, as I mentioned, um, supporting that bill uh, is a fact sheet and it's important to note that for register uh, for the register of overseas entities it mentions that these measures of course will apply to foreign owners of uk property now as such any company or legal similar legal entity that is governed by the law of a country or territory outside the uk um, overseas entity is in scope Individuals who have significant influence or control of that entity, e.g. they hold 25% or more of shares or voting rights, uh, become in scope. And what's important to note is that failure to declare ownership could result in daily fines or up to a five-year prison sentence. Implementation of this will proceed at pace uh, for a royal assent of the bill, with Parliament expected to expedite the process. So we can expect to hear more about this very shortly. Um, now, going off topic slightly for a further session, but it's important to note in the current environment, uh, financial institutions in particular um, have had to ramp up their activity in this area and in particular um, for AML purposes. And I think it's just an important point to note um, that firms really, really need to keep a sharp eye on developments as they keep going. Um, and to keep all the relevant parts of their organization who need to know about this involved. And even if there's nothing new to say, it's just a good housekeeping factor to keep the information flow going. And I suppose almost reassure so that everybody knows that it's front and center on their mind um, and it keeps the organization very much focused on what they need to do in regards to this. <laughs> 